Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Pete Nakos on 3 Sports, uh, NIL, transfer portal, all over it. We appreciate him. He's joined us on a, a, a quite a few occasions. What kind of weekend, Pete, did Ohio State have? I think they had a weekend to remember, guys. I think that uh, the weekend that... Ohio State, you said, will be one that they remember if they, if they make the college football playoff and, and contend for a national title. Now, uh, on your on three rankings uh, for the best transfer portal, they're 15th because they've only gotten six guys in. But the right. quality over the quantity of Ohio State, I think maybe only Texas can and Ole Miss can match right now when you're talking about what they've done as far as guys who are going to come in and help them as soon as they hit the hit the ground, yeah, I would agree. I'd say Texas, Ole Miss, Oregon, uh, just a couple. But man, the the high that Ohio State is riding on right now is crazy. And I mean, you look right—they landed Will Howard and Quinshot Judkins, and you kind of thought to yourself, like, okay, like those are some great pieces. Like, I'm not sure what else they can do. And then Nick Saban retired, and they just took two of the better roster pieces on on the Tides roster. So, Pete, uh, what are we talking about as far as a, a budget goes? Is the is the thirteen million Ryan Day throughout there? What we're talking about them operating with? Kind of how have you seen that evolve and shape over the last year? Just the continued, I guess, uh, education of NIL universities and programs themselves figuring out like what the sweet spot is. Ohio State's clearly found that, but uh, it took some prodding, right? And, and kind of where where do you think Ohio State is in that that whole realm of, of NIL and, and the budget they're working with? Yeah, they um. 
they definitely this past summer they were definitely not spending at the rate that an Ohio State should be spending at. Um, but man, they've really pulled it together and now they're in that upper level, that top echelon, if you will. And I mean, I don't know if they're at thirteen yet, but they're definitely pretty darn close to ten million from my understanding. And um, you look at the entire roster and it makes sense and, and all the guys that they have coming back who could uh, be NFL and what they added in the portal and then landing uh, the top wide receiver in the 2024 class, Jeremiah Smith, who's been compared to some pretty big names. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, they have definitely evolved and uh, emerged as one of the biggest spenders. Alabama's obviously had uh, a lot of players leave. They're starting to get some of those back, some of the guys starting to reunite with DeBoer, have they been hurt the most by the portal, or is it somebody else? Uh, I'm going to have to say Alabama's probably been hurt the most, right? I know Arizona and um, Washington have had, had some guys leave, but, man, I, the Alabama roster is going to look a lot different this fall, and, and we'll see how it all comes together. And um, I guess we have the next six months to talk about it and try to figure out how that roster is going to be and – I mean, if they win games and, and they look good, then no one's going to care. But uh, if, they, if they don't look good and stuff, I think a lot of fingers will be pointed to the impact that Nick Saban's retirement has. Julian Sane goes to Ohio State. He's going to you know, have a competition there with Lincoln Kineholtz and, of course, Aaron Noland. Where do the other quarterbacks stand with Julian Sane go, going there? I know right now they say you know they're there for the competition, but the fact that Ohio State went out and got him has to send a message through the quarterback room to anybody that's not Will Howard, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it sends a, a message that, hey, like, we want the best talent in the country in this room, and um, we're going to roll Will Howard this year, but obviously 2025, we want to have the most competitive quarterback competition in the country for the starting job. Um, and yeah, I mean, Aaron Owens great, but Julian Sands is obviously the top quarterback prospect in the country for a reason. He's a elite 11 uh, MVP, throws a great ball, quick release, and um, him and Aaron Owens are, are going to duke it out now for the 2025 job. Pete, uh, when it comes to Alabama, how much of a seismic shift do you sense uh, when it comes to recruiting nationally and just the type of dominoes that could fall now based on the fact that there's not this this sure thing and, and Nick Saban down there? I mean, DeBoer and company are still going to do well, but what kind of an uphill battle do you see them fighting? What does DeBoer have to embrace to ensure they don't you know, fall off the cliff when it comes to competing with the Ohio States, the Michigans of the world in recruiting? Yeah, I don't know if I have, like, the, the end-all answer, but what I will say is, right, like, having Nick Saban at Alabama has won a lot of recruiting battles the last 17 years, and especially for those five-star kids. You will get someone like Caleb Downs or Julian Sain, like we were just talking about. Like, both of those guys went to Alabama because they want to play for Saban. They want to play for the GOAT. Um, and that's what made Alabama so great, guys. So, like, yeah, Caleb DeBoer, like – uh, maybe his recruiting footprint will change or, or whatnot, but he's going to have to recruit the same talent, and uh, they're not going to accept not getting five-star talent. Um, obviously, he walks into a super tough situation, but the, the expectations are not going to change. Everyone's going to expect a national title in Tuscaloosa. Was there a discount because he was at Alabama? Was there an NIL discount or that particular? A thousand percent. Okay. A thousand percent. Uh I don't have every specific, but I can guarantee you guys that, yes, I, having Nick Saban 
as the head coach, won a lot of recruiting battles, especially a couple where NIL may have been uh, a big part of it. So in other words, players would take less to go play at Alabama because they would play for Saban. Yes, and, and the pitch would be, um, hey, you might not get the most money up front at the moment, but you're going to go play for the best coach in the country. You're going to go play for the best program in the country. And when it all matters, at the end of the day, you're going to be a first-round draft pick, and then you'll get your money then. Who do you think has done the best job of filling um, the power vacuum, so to speak, or is it spread around? In, in terms of, like, scooping up the most talent? Yeah. I think it's Ohio State and Georgia, and, and then maybe a Texas. Uh, but, man, I think Texas has done a great job. I think Ohio State has done a great job. Georgia has had so much talent. Um, I guess it's interesting to see now who that, like, number four team is because I don't see Alabama really being in that mix again next season. So who emerges as, like, the fourth-best team in the country? Is it an Oregon? It's in Oklahoma? Um, USC definitely needs to rebuild more than I think we all thought Lincoln Riley would at entering year three. Um, I know Michigan just won the national title, but they've lost a lot of guys and the NFL draft and what happens with Jim Harbaugh. Pete, you, you mentioned the discount, go play for Alabama, get the money later on. And you're also playing for the, the goat. How much of the timing of Saban retiring and Sarkeesian recently had been on staff and recruited some of those players, not all, but some of them. How much of that do you think that also helped Texas? Yeah, a huge help to Texas, right? And um, not even the Steve Sarkeesian connection, right? Pete Golding. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, that's all that's all miss. Uh, but I think that's played a role too, guys. I think Pete Golding and Steve Sarkeesian both having familiarity with that roster has really set Ole Miss and Texas up for success. And, yeah, uh, Steve Sarkeesian knows a lot of the offensive guys, and, and you look at it, like Ole Miss landed Trey uh, Amos, Amos, the defensive back from uh, Alabama. Like that doesn't happen without Pete Golding. So yeah, both those programs are really set up to succeed and, and to really tap into the Alabama pipeline that is the transfer portal right now. So Ole Miss has hit the, I mean, the pedal to the floor in trying to win their first SEC title ever. You know, Walter Nolan, uh, Princely, uh, Umenlian uh, from Florida, uh, tons of guys uh, in, in the portal. Have they done enough, or is is it maybe a little bit of fool's gold? No, I don't think it's fool's gold. I think they've done quite a bit. Um, they're hosting like two or three offensive linemen this week, and I think landing a couple of those guys could really make a difference, right? They got Juice Wells. Um, they they got Jackson Dart at quarterback. They got a couple other guys coming back at a wide receiver. They have all the, the pieces they need. They got Logan Diggs from LSU, the running back. So, yeah, need to beef up the offensive line a little bit more. I think that defense is going to be legit, guys, and, and um, I think they will be until I'm proven wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the secondary has a lot of talent. Uh and, and, and what Walter Nolan can bring to a defensive line should not be undervalued. Pete, I'm going to ask you this, and I appreciate your time. We do as a, a station and also a, a podcast. How many people have texted you since you came on with us that there's some news about a transfer? Uh, I have. I may have gotten one. It's been a little quiet today, but just when you think it's getting quiet, yeah. uh, some school will unload like four guys into the portal. <laughs> There you go. That's why you're there. Thanks for your time, Pete. We appreciate it as always. You bet.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.